Welcome to Book Pile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim, and this is our second episode for the Trans Rights Readathon. And today we are reading The Seep. We are continuing our Trans Rights Readathon and our second year anniversary by pairing our trans read with highlighting the organization SAGE. SAGE does advocacy and services for LGBTQ plus elders. While not exclusively a trans foundation, we thought it was key to make sure that elderly trans are offered as much assistance as possible. This group is known for offering a 24-7 ho- national hotline and programs for anyone in need of support, connection, assistance, or just a caring voice on the other end of the phone. And SAGE engages in powerful advocacy at the local, state, and national level to advance aging policies that improve the lives of all LGBTQ plus elders across the country. Their website is sageusa.org, and you can donate directly there. Now, the SEEP is by Hannah Porter and was published in 2020 by Soho Press. Hannah Porter is a playwright, novelist, and education activist. She co-founded the Octavia Project, a nod to Octavia Butler, which is a free summer writing and STEM program for Brooklyn teenage girls and non-binary youth. The SEEP was a finalist for the Lambda Literary Award for Transgender Fiction. The Plot The softest invasion had begun. Trina and her partner threw a dinner party the night that the SEEP began to influence human beings. Slowly, the world around them changed to offer options and explorations, while their new alien companions ensured that humans had everything they could need. But to be human is to crave something the seep cannot begin to understand. Trina struggles when Deba makes the decision to be reborn as a baby, leaving Trina feeling abandoned as she tries to overcome her loss. So first, yay, we've been doing this for two years. We are now going to be heading into our third year. How do you guys feel about yay. that? It's weird. It's weird. Glad to be out of the terrible twos. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I have a cat in the terrible twos. He keeps mounting oh. all the other cats. And he's fixed. It's it. I've never seen a cat do this. It's, it's what unbelievable. Cat? Murphy. Murphy. He's two? No, he's more like three, but we've oh. decided there's something wrong with him. So it's not something wrong with him. We are pretty sure he has certain developmental delays. And so this is a weird developmental delay <laughs> along the lines of being in his terrible twos. Um Yeah, there's something wrong with him. Let's just admit it. To be fair, there's something wrong with each and every single one of these cats. So it's true. It's true. All right. Anyway. Sorry, but what I we're here for conversation. You, you did so quickly. Uh, Sarah, what did you think of the seep? Um, it was interesting. Very strange. Very strange. <laughs> um, in a good way. Yes and no. Okay. More yes than no, but like, okay. I mean, you know, we've had this discussion before about drug use, and there was a lot of like druggy moments in it. So I was like, I feel like I'm required to be annoyed by this based <laughs> off of my previous stance. But I they don't were really, aliens. Yeah, I know that's the thing. It was like, eh. although she was drinking heavily, like alcoholism yes. was real. Yes, um, that was. It was. <laughs> but 
yeah i don't know um it in the context of the short story it didn't really get on my nerves like it would in other longer form books um especially since her character was just revolving around her self-destruction so really what i'm hearing is it's just in the poppy wars so far it's just in the poppy wars that you guys have issue with the drug use it might be the meth it it really might the heroin no opium Opium. jesus we got there eventually wow you guys did wow it might, might be just the type be of drug. How well, also, I just okay. say that? The poppy where you have a very established character who's trying to do other things and then like you have to see her get derailed with the drug use and it's just like I don't know. Choices. Okay. In this book it was like that was all the story was was her dealing with her grief and spiraling and um there wasn't really a plot to get back to beyond that. So uh I don't okay. know. I don't know. I do know that when I was reading those, I did feel like I wasn't having as much of a reaction to that aspect as I would have expected. So don't, okay. I was surprised by myself. I can't explain it. Okay. Okay. I think you just have a bias, but Kim, what did you think of the seep? It was good. It was, it was unusual. Was um, it as profound as you were expecting? Thanks to commentary you had read? No. Okay. No. <laughs> um, I oh, no. weirded out by oh, the girlfriend wanting... Oh, sorry. Did I glitch for a bit? Um, yeah. I got weirded out by the girlfriend wanting to be... The wife, I think. Or the wife and the wife, wife wanting yeah. to be the wife's daughter. Um, That, that was a little... All of the interactions in this book were very strange in how characters treat each other. It was not. So I thought it was, it it is weird. And like to then be upset that Trina didn't want to. Why are you so upset that I want to kill myself and just you get to raise my little dead corpse, not dead corpse, but my little why why are Body. you bothered by the fact that I want you to love me in a different way than you current love me? But you you really love me, right? So you'll do it. And I just don't I don't think love works that way. No. So, um, you know, it, it all love isn't the same love. But again, there's this this other being that's trying to force their points of view on others. I mean, obviously this is all a big social commentary on on big government and how complacent we've become in our society um, and allowing the government to tell us how to live our lives and what we can and can't do and, and all of that. The commentary is there. Um, it's See, just weirdly done. I didn't even take it like that. No, I took it as more a commentary that a utopian isn't truly possible. Um, and it's, so I, this was my second time reading it, and I quite like it. Um, and what was interesting this time, the first time reading it, I was reading it because I just wanted to read trans representation. And I liked the idea that it was a short story, uh, an older trans individual, you know, like, I'm down for that. And then this time, before I started reading it, I had seen someone on TikTok um, comment on the fact that... This is one of the few utopian stories where Jewish people are not just simply ignored. 
Um, so the example they gave is like with what we, which we've read, um, a Psalm for the wild built. Yes. Um, it neutralizes religion, which means that it negates all like Jewish norms from it. It doesn't in its utopian and a lot of utopians, it tends to be either atheist or Christian centered utopians. And it's not very often that Jewish culture gets represented in that utopian. Well, as here, we actually have that. Um, and I found it interesting that then in having that, there was the question of, can you really have utopia, utopia if people are still allowed to be uniquely different? Or are we all too contrasting that there's no way to ever truly achieve utopia? No, you can. You can achieve it. You just have to take a small child and torture them. <laughs> you know, out of context, that sounds weird. But... <laughs> it does, it does, but I like it. Let's just leave it at that. I like it. But, but even <laughs> then, some people have to walk away. So it's not that everyone just magically becomes part of that utopian. We still have people walking away from that utopia. So I, I've never believed in a utopia. It's never been something that's even remotely appealed to me. <laughs> so, um, and I, I've, it, it's never something I've like spent in my life going, God, I wish we could live a perfect life. I think life is perfect with the the mess and the and the and the stink and the dirt and um, the the conflict and all of that. Um, some of it's worse conflict than others, but you know it pendulum swing and tend to get better with time um so as far as that profound story in this that it, it's just not something i delved into that being in the the utopia or that it discusses the, the failure of, the, of utopia yeah. either way a utopia is just not a, a thing i even yeah. engage in thinking about it's not something that's physically okay. possible we are awful creatures human beings are and yet, it's physically impossible for a utopia we have now read at least three utopian stories what a psalm for the wild built and and it's follow-on in this one mm. what's the other utopian the one story? that sarah just referenced by the ursula Le Guin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that one didn't strike me as a utopian story either but it's set in utopia and a utopian, it's it's a utopian story too. If you're torturing a child, is that really utopia? Well, according to the ones who stay, yes. And and I I think both I don't Hannah supposed to be a and Ursula Le Guin are talking about the fact that utopia is not possible. Anyway, I didn't choose any of these stories, <laughs> so I would not have chosen Valid to read point. these stories. Which is ah, what I was saying. Ah. This is not where I would have gone in a story. So, um, yeah. It, it just... I did give you aliens. You did give me aliens. They were, And all three of those were, were science fiction. Um, yeah, but I would, I would say that Ursula Le Guin's was um, more of an uncanny, which is going back to the lottery. It's more of an uncanny story with a sci-fi setting um and this one it's um still classified as science fiction i don't care 
just because you put an <laughs> alien in it doesn't mean it's science fiction um i mean technically it does but whatever um but yeah i didn't choose any of these stories so um you just been dragged along for the ride i've been dragged Kim has nothing else to say she is not she has not chosen these she doesn't discuss utopians they don't interest her <laughs> she has nothing more to add if you want to talk about <laughs> the contrast of government <laughs> not contrast but that's not the right word if you want to talk about it representing our our current government i'll go into that with you but as a utopian society no i there was nothing utopian well i guess nothing about it was utopian to me <laughs> okay okay what about you sarah wake up sarah gonna need more of a question in there for a prompt what did you feel about the utopian aspects or the failure for utopia to succeed depending on how you viewed it if you viewed it at all because apparently i sent you guys through utopia and at least kim didn't process the utopian information i mean i got the utopian part of it i honestly didn't get a government like big government thing especially when she kept referencing how they didn't have a government it was all just like self-government i didn't say it was about government i said it was a commentary on our current society and how we need to not be so susceptible to doing whatever our government tells us to do can't use words like commentary or Sarah will disengage. Um, I mean, when I was reading it, I was like, I feel like there should be a commentary in here, but I wasn't picking up on anything in particular besides the whole utopian thing, Amberly, that you were talking about, how it's kind of unattainable um, with individualism. Um, and like just the whole processing of grief was like the main thing that I got out of it. Um well, and then there, then there is, where do we draw the line on changing ourselves? Because Trina used the seep to complete her transition, but Horizon used it to take someone else's face. Yeah, permanent brown face. I didn't yeah. get the impression that she used the seat to finish her transition. I could be wrong. She, but it, she I did. think it's referenced. Because Horizon asks her, well, didn't you use them for the same thing? And she says, no, no, that's I not... He said, didn't you use surgery the same way? Mm-mm. I got more the impression she had already transitioned when he was saying that. No, I'm nearly okay. positive. He, she, she, had been, she had started transitioning beforehand. But there was an implication that using the seep allowed her to be able to fully realize being the gender she yeah, wanted I got, to be. I do think he referenced surgery, but I still re- understood it the way Amber Lee is saying it, how it was like. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, th- but there was definitely then commentary on the idea that, you know, we do, whether you are using surgery to transition... Or whether you're using it for cosmetic changes, at what point, particularly if it's for more cosmetic than it is transitioning, are you just taking someone else's face? I mean, that part literally took somebody else's face. Yeah, but if you've ever watched anything with plastic surgeons, they tell you. People come in and they don't say, I want to change my lips. They come in and say, I want Angelina Jolie's lips. I want so-and-so's nose. Couldn't be getting cosmetic surgery. But 
because there's but that's the commentary is to it at what point are we by permitting that are people just taking each other's faces okay but but if you have a reputable surgeon cosmetic surgeon they are going to do a psychological evaluation on you and if the only reason why you're going in there is because you want to be Angelina Jolie, they're going to say no. And yet there's if they're one reputable. who looks like Angelina Jolie doing cosmic surgery, cosmetic surgery. Right. Reputable. And it should be required. Problem is the com- cosmetic surgery industry isn't regulated enough. Um, yeah. But, you know. I- I, I was brain. just pointing out that the book also discusses that fine line between, you know, altering yourself for the sake of, you know, feeling more like yourself versus altering yourself in order to become someone else or take someone else's identity, which is what Horizon did, which was just gross. Yeah. I I thought that Trina argued it very very well i i I think you know you're you're taking over somebody else's life Um, yeah their existence not just i want to look like angelina jolie Um, without and they're dead so they can't consent or fight back yeah right right right. um or say no mine you can't have it um well i don't think angelina jolie's could say no you can't have cosmetic surgery to look like me but well and on top of it because he was famous Whoever that person used to be becomes non-existent because Horizon is the association with that face. Their story is lost because he has created a new story using their identity. Um, Which, I mean, we have people who do identity theft all the time. And it's, it's awful. But what did you guys think of the alien, the seep? Kim. I think this is probably one of the creepier aliens that I've ever read, which is pretty cool. Um, because it was so um, subversive, you know, it, it came in through the water. It, it, um, you know, if it could get a, a something falling out of the air to get into your skin, you know, to fall on your skin, you know, it, it could start to take control. And, and it was taking control. It wasn't just, you know. And yet at guiding. the same time, it was allowing people to choose whether or not they wanted to be controlled. Because you had the entire compound. And... The How humans weren't stopped that, or the humans were able to not con- consume it. But if I think, if it- I think the the choice, and I think that's where we get to the end. I think the choice was something that the Seep was telling people that they had, and the only people that they di- that actually had choice were those who were choosing not to be in the Seep until they chose to be in the Seep, and then the Seep took control. I I don't know. I don't think there was any control in that whatsoever. Except for the fact that they had means of reducing their seep influence. So, for example, the charcoal water, alcohol clearly dampened the effect. You would think if they managed to take control as an alien. As time was going on through this story, there was less and less control. And she, Trina, was preventing that 
lack of control by not partake, partaking in the seat. So the, the choice was to partake or not partake, not in their other choices. So yes, there's, there's a choice not to do it, but was there a way to get the seep off the planet? Because if there's not, then, then, then the choice is gone because they, they can't, you can't make them go away. What did you think, Sarah? Sleepy Sarah. I didn't really have much of a thought about this particular part of it. Um, it it does seem like a lot of the choices that are made are false choices. Or, you know, like choice between two options that the seep is offering and not an actual option beyond that. Um, and it had mentioned that it regretted the compound or that that was a mistake or something it shouldn't have allowed. Um, yeah. So, you know, free will, not really on the seep's agenda. Um, <laughs> not truly. Well, I, I love the existential crisis the seep had when Trina pointed out that what humans want is free will and it wants to make them happy, but part of having free will, which is what humans want, is the choice to be unhappy. Yeah. And the seep could not comprehend that part of humans. Yeah. And so I got to the end of it the second time around and I'm like, Maybe it's not the humans who are truly invading and being tortured in this situation. Maybe it's the seep. Maybe they chewed off more than they were expecting. And they yeah. don't know how to, like, extend themselves beyond this. Because clearly Pam the pamphlet was, was trying to figure out how to interact with Trina and to, like, almost become an entity to interact with Trina. But it couldn't. But I mean, that's that's a commentary of a lot of science fiction is the fact that humans are unique in the universe. And it's, you know, we have a strong desire to be special. Um, so you're going to you're going to get that that kind of a commentary a lot in science fiction. I know, but I still love the existential crisis portion of it. Like, we are so I, messed up that other aliens don't know what to do with us. <laughs> I like the concept of all of these other planets and the seep has just kind of wandered from planet to planet to planet. And you have all of these euphoric planets off there somewhere. And, um, you know, here we are on Earth going, no, I want to be miserable. Leave me alone. <laughs> but no, it's a, it's a it's an interesting story. Okay. Um, so you think the author's pescatarian. Yes. Because at one point she said that meat or killing animals was murder and then like three pages later she was eating fish soup and herring and I was like are fish not animals? Are they not alive? Do they not feel well, pain? And like, there was one fuck? character where that was having the crisis about pain and she was uh, the fish feeling pain is there eating live oh, yeah. fish right there on the curb a bowl of catching and them out of the water and eating them. That's one of the trippier parts of it. it. Yeah. Sobbing while you eat fish, yeah, and like it wasn't even cooked fish. Killing it, no, they were live, live fish. fish. Yeah, 
Oh man. Yeah, so I don't know why the fish were okay to murder, but all the other animals, it was apparently verboten. Well, I think it depended on the character. No, I mean, uh-huh, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, because Trina wanted to eat meat, but uh, Diva had was vegan, and so she gave it up for her Well, no, because she had other. said something about how they learned how... That the... everything feels, even the house you live in. Oh, yeah. And so the like animals that. feel... I think that maybe that the whole fish scene and and eat, uh, yeah eating the the I think that would have been more about eating emotions. Was, yeah, well, and eating emotions and and defying, trying to defy, having that that subversive part of being human where you're, there's things you want, so you, you try to get them at all costs. Um, but I think oh yeah, it's because they even, wanted you know, a burger. Was it because they had a burger? They missed having burgers. Yeah. Sorry, right. that's what I was really. Yeah, but I think everything that they that that was described as food was kind of described as a food we know, but with all of these planty components of it. Peepiness. Um, yeah, yeah. Even the plants yeah. had feelings. Yeah, I know. It's like if 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 the tree that was that built your house, if you, if you can feel the tree in your house. What about the lettuce that you are chewing on? I mean, is yeah, it. it I, I don't know. It, there are parts of the story that were a little like, okay, this this isn't making sense in the grand scheme of the story. However, it's a short story, so there is only so much you can. Well, I I think out. there was a certain point where the seep was becoming the thing that they were sustaining themselves on. Um, cause they talked about the fact that there were certain types of garbage that they couldn't like the gum and stuff that they couldn't, the seep couldn't do anything with it. While there were other things that if you dropped it, the seep could like recycle it. Yeah. So how much of what they're eating and stuff is just the seep. They're living off the seep. <laughs> yep. So, um, what? What did you guys think about the talking bear? I love the bear. <laughs> I did too. You didn't care about the bear? I I didn't. I was like, is this really <laughs> like what's the point? Um, I mean, I didn't hate it. I was just like, okay, is that a real bear or a person that became a bear? And I was like, oh no, that that was a bear. It's a real bear. It was a bear. But she was sad. loves to cook. Yeah, but she's sad about not being a bear anymore. I kind of felt sorry for her. She wanted to it's be okay. more. She can sit in a restaurant now. Because <laughs> she knows how to pick the food people need, not the food they want. No, that was a different one. Mm -mm. That wasn't that wasn't Prina. That was it. No, she was good at preparing food, but the experience of the picking of the food, that was the shaman at the weird place. Are you sure? What's mm -hmm. going on? <laughs> Sarah checked out. Did the, the was the bear able to pick the food people needed? No, that was the shaman person. Okay. At the weird cafe. At the, I thought that came up at the end when when the um, food when the restaurant was turned over to the to the bear. No, I think it just said that she makes the bear makes really good food and that she's been preparing food for the last few days for Yid's passing. I thought and that's why that she gets the, the rush passing person did the cooking for their own funeral. And she set it up so that she died right before the dessert. But I don't know. It's too many details. I don't want to get back into the book and look them up. 
Yeah, the only time I remember anyone specifically being able to choose meals for people to do whatever for them, it was at that shaman cafe place. Um, but I think Whitey and the bear were good at providing I was, I was saying yid. maybe. <laughs> Whitey, yeah. Yeah, they were good at providing comfort food, but I got the impression that it wasn't like perfect food. I, I honestly just assumed that their comfort food was that they just made really good Jewish food. Yeah. Which I Pretty mean, much. I kind of think is the same thing. I, <laughs> it's really weird. I love Jewish delis. Hmm. There's something about Jewish delis. The food always tastes better there. Which neither of you are agreeing with me, so I don't know if I, you do or not. I don't think I've eaten from such a place, so. There was the place at our first job that some of us would go to, but I think you passed up on it because you are picky about your eating. Yeah, so I don't think I have eaten from a Jewish deli, so I can't speak to the food. There's the oh. one we went to down in L.A. a couple of times. Mm -hmm. That one was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we have one down the street. That's, yeah. that's pretty good. We don't eat there for very, very often. Yeah. Um, they always have good pastrami sandwiches. It's just comfort food. It, there's something yeah. about Jewish food that is just I can't comforting. see you eating a pastrami sandwich, Sarah. It's a lot of stacked up meat. Depending on how it's made. Cheeses yeah, it doesn't really sound... Like my cup of tea. My comfort food is just like fried chicken. <laughs> oh man. Too funny. But yeah, yeah. And now that I think about it, I think you always opted out of the Jewish deli at our first job. Um, because one of our friends is the one who recommended is it Porto's? to us. Is that the place or is that just a completely random cafe that I'm thinking of? Porto's I can't bakery. remember the place. Porter Porto? had something from there once so that's all I know about it give me just a second I've got to look at the menu to know if it is it you're seriously looking at the menu yeah <laughs> or actually what I need to know is the locations locations I do I, I think Portos is one I don't think that was near where we worked no probably not i think it was in los angeles okay um, it's the nearest one okay so here's my quote i i can defend myself right now because okay. like you guys were randling about menus so peanut brought out a plate of blueberry plinces with you froze <laughs> brent's brent's was the place in what yes, in Oh. I told you to bring me a menu. To bring a menu. Pina shrugged. You people, she said. You don't know what you want, she grinned. I bring you what you need. Oh, okay, okay. So that's where I got that from. Okay, fair, fair. But Brent Sarah is the place that um Okay, some of yeah. us would go that does to sound eat. familiar. I'm pretty sure I never eat anything from there. I think you would drive with us, but you didn't. Would, wouldn't go with us. Like you wouldn't get anything. I don't um, remember being inside a deli bakery, but maybe who knows? It's a long time ago. 
I'm I'm pretty sure you judged the matzo ball soup. <laughs> I mean, I haven't had any. No, no, no. You judged it as something you didn't want to eat. Hmm. It's possible. I don't like soup. Yeah. So, ugh, I miss Brent's. I love Brent's. Um, I have not eaten there in a long time, but it's so good. Okay. So, I'm trying to think. What else do you guys want to discuss? It's it's kind of funny because, like, we're picking trans books. But we, like, we aren't, like, dissecting the transness of it, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, I don't know. That felt like a very small part of this book, to be honest. Like, it gets mentioned. And obviously it's something that builds Trina's character and how she reacts to, like, Horizon and what he's been doing. But I don't know. It just seemed very background to everything else it's that the author actually, was trying to say. The, I think the, the well-written books make it common in the story it's, so it's, it's not, just an element it's, not a, it's yeah it's not a, a driving factor it, it makes it for those people that are you know it, going through this and, and needing representation wanting representation um to have that representation come across as as a normal life um that's a good representation and now Where's mine? He's or mine. Away. Okay. Well, you're He's not, not coming listen. to your house. <laughs> Sorry. For those wondering, Kim is here. currently munching on In-N-Out fries, which means my dinner is almost here because it's been a night. Okay. You don't look so like what's... animal style fries, though. So no, they're not. Hers like aren't. Animal style. Okay. It's a choice. <laughs> What Sarah is. does not agree with, that's <laughs> that like a level of just not great unless you oh, I like put something on them. There's mm -hmm. not fried enough. Even if you get them medium well done, they're still missing an essential I cannot put into something. words how much I love potatoes in any form that they come in. In fact, this is my second round of potatoes for the day. <laughs> So, yeah, they're perfect. Because these are actual potatoes. You could watch them go in the store as they cut them up. And come frozen. I am not the biggest fan of potatoes, but I do like In-N-Out's fries. Oh, look at that. <laughs> My food is here. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. My husband's the best. He not only goes and gets dinner, he brings it to our we're sitting. <laughs> We're praising you on the podcast. <laughs> he gave thumbs up. <laughs> okay. Can you all hear me chewing? Because I'll stop. No, I can't. I okay, heard you at one point, but it's not so bad now. I'll lean this way. Away from the okay. microphone. So, was there anything else to discuss that I haven't brought up yet? I don't think so. Oh, you guys want to go on the ratings then? Sure. Yep. Okay. So first up, how exciting did you find this, Sarah? Three. Okay. 
Kim. <laughs> Sorry, I'd swallow. Um, I'll give it because what has not come across in this conversation is how much I highlighted lines in this story. There, there was a lot of little lines that that resonated with me. Um, even if the overall story, you know, didn't quite hit tickle the spot. Um, yeah, it, it's very well written. I, I I like the writer's style of writing. So I'm going to, and so excitement, I read it quickly. I, I, I enjoyed reading it. So I'm going to give it a four. So I actually found it more exciting the second time around, which is weird to say. But the first time reading it, I was really trying to figure out where in the world it was going. And it does not go places you're expecting. And yet it does. Um, so a lot of the little details of the world building I lost the first time. And rereading it, I was like, oh man, some of this information was so detailed in such a short period of time that I could visualize this means of existence, basically. It, it was easy to picture what it would look like, what it would feel like, why it was difficult. Um so yeah, I found it more exciting this time and I'd give it so I realized I didn't actually rate it. I'd give it a four. <laughs> what are you reading, Sarah? Because you're smiling about it. Oh, I, I had taken I was taking a quiz. Okay. Did you pass? <laughs> Not that kind it wasn't of quiz. That I kind know. Of quiz. <laughs> I was joking. It was your what what is your role in a tragic play? Oh, what, what is, is your role? role? Desperate narrator. <laughs> that's funny desperate to escape narrator <laughs> okay no, so yeah. ease <laughs> ease of reading Sarah um probably a five opinion. okay Kim you waited till I put the french fry in my mouth um five <laughs> It was easy to read. Okay. Same here. Five. It was it was easy. It's it's not a long read. It's engaging. Yeah. Emotional reaction, Kim. I kind of have multiple emotional reactions. That's you allowed. Know, you are human. We, we we talked about kind of the things I didn't like about it, the fact that utopian stories don't really appeal to me. Um, but like I said, there were a lot of descriptors and lines and interactions that I really liked. So I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Sarah? I would probably say you know, I don't know because there were a lot of moments where I felt like I was supposed to be emotionally engaging with what was happening and I just didn't. Um, and while I found the story rather interesting and how the author portrayed things. Can you guys hear her? <laughs> Probably not, Sarah. Can you hear Daenerys? No. Oh, she's God. she's in, in the living room just <laughs> ringer, ringer. And then oh. I hear Mike going, shh, knock it off. <laughs> okay, to be oh. clear, her 
it's her if you remember that from working together when she'd come into work where she would do that like belting sound kind of yeah the yell yeah she she yeah. was just doing that yeah oh okay, yeah no it does not pick up on the microphones at all so okay. then you're like did you hear that or did you hear her or something like that I wasn't sure if you're talking to Kim and like my sound had cut out. So then I was like, no, no, uh, <laughs> sorry. No, I'm sorry. And we totally cut off your thought. Cat. It's fine. Everyone does it. Um, <laughs> not much emotional connection to the story, to be honest, despite the fact that I did think it was interesting. So I'm going to give it like a 3.5 okay. for effort. <laughs> on my i don't know if it's my effort or the author's effort that i'm giving points to but yeah okay so i i give it a 4.5 it's not quite a five but taking a type of person who most of the times in utopian societies or even in dystopians um tend to just like be forgotten that they exist. Um, it's kind of nice to see them centered. Are you, and you're one talking more, about trans? Yeah, trans individuals, but but also just queer individuals. Um, because not only was Trina trans, she she was a lesbian. Um, so it's kind of nice to see that centering and see how it affects their ability to be themselves and that it doesn't really take away from who you were like th those elements of who you were are still there um you don't just suddenly become mindless seep zombies because that would be a dystopian instead of a utopian um so yeah 4.5 sarah what was your overall rating i gave it four okay i do like your review can you repeat what you said in your review uh, I think I said it was very bizarre, but it was a very human story. Yeah, I just, I liked it. I was like, that is 100% accurate. I think that's the best, like, des description of it I've seen. Kim, what was your overall rating? Um, when I read it, I ended on a very positive note, um, so I gave it a five. Yeah, I know. I was listening to you. I saw your rating, and then listening to you talk about it, I was like, I feel like there's a I have had the bizarrest day. <laughs> so I read this book and I was almost to the end. I had like two chapters to go. And somehow I discovered Wren. Have you guys heard of Wren? The singer Wren? Oh, no. Oh, no. my God. Like look as a bird, Wren. like W-R-E-N or just R-E-N? R-E-N. Look up Wren and look up the song Hi, Wren. Um, it is... I've, I had a profound experience today. It is a weird not a weird song it is an amazing song he's an amazing writer um and it's a conversation with himself it is fascinating it's very um he had he was diagnosed with a mental disorder and then they discovered he had Lyme disease so for a lot of years they accused him of being not accused because you know it, mental disorders are mental disorders it's not, not it's not an accusation but he was like i'm experiencing these things and they're like no no it's all it's all in your head and oh god then, can you imagine you have lyme disease and everyone's telling you all of it is in your head yep and oh. then then they I finally mean, diagnosed doesn't that lyme happen disease? with like chronic fatigue syndrome and stuff too yes, where it's just yeah, like yeah 
And, but meanwhile, you know, he's, he's having experiences within himself and having conversations with himself. And so this is him talking to himself. It's, it, it's, it's a fascinating, beautiful, uh, haunting song. And then I, then I went off onto something else having to do with the shooting on the set of the rest movie. And, um, yeah, it's been a weird day. <laughs> okay. Well, this weird day, I would like to get to my food. Yeah. So, I think my overall rating was four stars. No, you gave it five, I'm pretty sure. Did I? On oh. Goodreads? Maybe I did. Well, you gave it five the first time. No, oh, then I probably gave it five because I probably was stuck with it. Oh, no, 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 you're right. You gave it a four. Four stars. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, I, I really like it. It's weird. It's just not quite a five-star read. I don't know why. I mean, I... I having also rated it a four i agree with that but even like while reading it it's like it's good but like it i don't know in what ways it could be better but i just feel like it is there's something more I, that could have been done i think it is if if i were rating this as a literary piece of work it's a five star literary wise it is perfect as like a mass consumption, like more popular fiction kind of mentality, it's a little, little too literary at times. <laughs> and it does very much require like literary thinking as you're reading it. It's not something you can read passively. And like, I don't know, I read it pretty passively. <laughs> but you still have thoughts on it. And, like, you still developed commentary responses to it. It's not something that, it's not like you've picked up, you know, the latest young adult book that's popular and just consumed it for the sake of consuming a story. It does require you to think about what it's telling you. Why are you making that face, Sarah? What young adult book are you thinking about that you want to be reading right now instead of Nona? Not that I want to be reading it. I was just thinking of the, um, not the Poppy Wars, but the Poppy, the person named Poppy, those books by Armin Trout. Oh! <laughs> ones where there's like no literary substance whatsoever. It's just all dialogue. Yeah. And so. Again, and, I don't want to read that, but you know. Yeah. But <laughs> really? Because I feel like it was an invitation to read the next book. We haven't done that yet. I no. mean, honestly, if we could replace Nona with that. No. Nona is infinitely better than those books. Anyways, infinitely. anyways, my point was, yes, literary wise, this is a five star read. I can understand why it won in a literary award. As like just like mass consumption, it misses some of that like I don't know, I, I that je ne sais quoi. I, I I don't the thing. You, do you guys know what I mean? No, but that's okay. I mean, like like I said previously, it was interesting, but it still feels like there's something missing, which I think is what you're articulating here. Okay. Well, I meant like if you guys could like articulate what I'm articulating, but not articulating, no, but you can't. I'm... Yeah. I, honestly, as from like a literary perspective, it didn't feel like it went deep enough for that, but it got a literary award. So obviously, I don't know what I'm talking about um but yeah as an enjoyable story with like a plot that just people would want to follow and yeah it just it it yeah it kind of reminded pop culture. me of it doesn't have the pop culture element to it does that yeah. make sense 
Although it does kind of remind me when reading it, like of just the the pacing and general attitude of oh god, what the there fuck you said the title like... earlier. <laughs> um, that's me projecting my thoughts out of my skull, apparently. The pray prayer for the crown shy, is that it? No, that's oh, the second book. Prayer for Song for the, the Wild Bill. Psalm for the Wild Bill. Like spiritually, I felt like those two were kind of similar. Um, probably not in their messy or anything like that, but again, just like the overall feel of it. Yeah, if you took cozy fantasy and questioned it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's right. I got that vibe, and then I got Annihilation vibes while reading this book. So I was just like, huh, this is interesting. <laughs> okay. An interesting combo. Okay. Okay. So. Just as a reminder, this episode we picked SAGE, which is an LGBTQ plus foundation for elderly LGBTQ plus individuals. And you can donate to them at sageusa.org. Any other final thoughts on that? Or any of this? No. Alrighty then. On that note, our intro and outro music is by Grant Newman and is called The Battle of the Nile from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Book Pile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. You can also support us on bookshop.org. Our link is available via our social media. You can email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.